Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and I'll be hosting a special live broadcast tonight on News Talk 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is here tonight to tell you what you need to know about how to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether and what you need to do to prevent Alzheimer's and many of the other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls, so please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, but this is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you to a special medical radio show here on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We invite you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, welcome back to your weekly call-in show. Let's just update everybody on where we're at. COVID's still going around. People are still, I guess they're having to wear masks again. Well, COVID's not just going around. It's like a resurgence like it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I'm very frustrated with our national government response, more so now than I was a year ago. I mean, a year ago, I thought, you know, why aren't we doing uh, testing and contact tracing? And I would still say that if we're doing testing and contact tracing from the day one, which is a form of prevention for infectious disease management, which we don't do, um, we still have questions about what's going on in our country. And all we hear about is caseloads going up and hospitals getting full. And what we're really not having addressed are the concerns of the people who have uh, fears or are, don't trust the vaccination process. I feel like the people who have questions about the vaccine are not being addressed. And it's very frustrating to me to answer some of these questions when I totally appreciate every single thing I'm hearing. Well, well I mean, what do you feel is wrong? I mean, there's a lot of people who are still, they're, they're just anti-vaxxers. They're not going to be convinced. What, what do you, where were they underserved? What, what message didn't we, we can give the right message, but what does the government not give? We have to recognize that people that are not getting vaccinated right now are getting their information from other sources. You know, so they're following social media feeds that are telling them um, what's wrong with the vaccination process. And I might go watch the evening news and, you know, nowhere are these concerns being addressed. All we hear about is caseloads are increasing and you see this you know, basically vertical increase in caseloads. I would have said this a year ago from the beginning of COVID. Who cares about caseloads? 
All that matters is, are the hospitals being overrun? Is health care going to be triaged? You know, if you are sick and the, and the, and the ICUs are full, are you not going to get the care that you're used to in the United States mm-hmm. because there's no more beds? That's the problem. And we're back where we were in April and May of a year ago, really June and mm-hmm. July of a year ago. It, wasn't, it took a little longer for that to happen. So we're back in that stage for some areas of the country and just beginning to happen here in Michigan. So... Why isn't the government and the CDC answering the specific concerns that people have because there are real concerns that are not being answered? Number one is, what's the safety of this vaccine? Now, I can come on the radio and say, well, it's really safe based on the volume of of people vaccinated. If we're talking about 10 million doses... And a standard side effect rate is 1% about, of any drug. Well, we're well below that rate for the vaccines, and I could say they're safe. But then data comes across, and I can't validate this data because I don't know the sources of it, mm-hmm. that say 15,000 people worldwide have died from this vaccine. And I can't verify that or not verify it. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's all just propaganda? I do not know. Yeah, we don't know where it's coming from. Well, because it is not beneath a pharmaceutical company to bury bad data. Right. There's precedence over the course of history, meaning the last 40 years, for pharmaceutical companies that are generally thought to be reputable to hide data. Let Let me rephrase this. For a long time now, 30 years, the government stopped doing primary research and they've turned over pharmaceutical research to the companies. So the company, the pharmaceutical company is doing research on their own drug. So Pfizer's doing their own research and AstraZeneca and so on. They're doing their own. Mm -hmm. And so if there's a bad outcome, guess what? I'm not going to publish that data. Mm -hmm. So... This every I don't want to say every drug company's done this because I'm not sure, but many of them have. Like like Viox is well known. Viox is an anti-inflammatory drug, like you know Advil, Motrin, but very strong. It was extraordinarily uh, effective. The problem is it caused heart attacks and strokes. Now I recognize that every one of my patients on Viox had high blood pressure, and I took them off of it. Mm-hmm. The Orthopedic doctors who are seeing people with joint pain that don't check blood pressures, well, they put people on triple doses. Mm -hmm. And guess what? People are having heart attacks. Merck, who put out Vioxx, knew people were dying from from Vioxx and buried that study and never saw the light of day. So it's not beyond a pharmaceutical company to not publish negative data. Let's come back to this next second. Yeah, let's talk about who we can trust. No one. No one, right? In the meantime, we have to take a short break. Again, you're listening to a special live broadcast, and we are here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent catastrophic disease, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. 
You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. If you're just now joining us, I'd like to let you know we're welcoming you to our special medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We're back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. He's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. And we are inviting listeners to call in with your questions, talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, before we come back, you have a caller. Desiree from Detroit has a question about Alzheimer's. Desiree, what's your question? My question is, um, I've, already, I've always had a poor memory, and uh, at this point I'm 56, and I'm uh, signing up for websites regarding memory loss, so my question is, how do I recognize those Alzheimer's signs versus just getting older and having more memory loss as I age? Great question. Really great question because identifying the early signs of dementia is a giant challenge because how do you know these senior moments are not the first sign of dementia? Well, I'm still going to say that vascular identification, identifying your vascular status is really important because your brain has billions of small arteries that need to supply blood. So I think of dementia as a vascular disease. And if you know that your arteries are healthy, then we're on the right track. Plus, there are um, better tests than saying a mini mental status exam or there's another test um, a uh, Montreal Cognitive Assessment to identify early memory issues. Um, there's a test we do in our office that I love that my patients hate because mm-hmm. it's hard. Um, that it's I, difficult but not intrusive. No, it's, it's, a, it's okay. a, like a joystick game that identifies your memory early. But there's also genetic testing that you can do to identify your risk. So it's not as much a question of is what I'm experiencing memory loss or not, but what do I have to do to preserve my memory regardless of what it is I'm experiencing? So first it's identify your disease, identify the drivers of uh, vascular disease and dementia, make sure that you're doing everything you can to optimize your opportunities to prevent any type of problem like dementia. Dr. Collender, quick question. What, can you differentiate the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's disease? So, yeah. So dementia is a general term for memory loss, and Alzheimer's is a specific type of dementia. So Alzheimer's dementia, now if you ask a um, you know, neurologist, they'll tell you that Alzheimer's is completely genetic and there's nothing you can do about it. There's actually a very small, I mean really small subset of people who have a true genetic predisposition to Alzheimer's, the rest of us do have some genetic predisposition, um, but in my opinion, it doesn't mean you're uh, fated to have Alzheimer's or not. It's more of a probability, and identifying all of your causes of inflammation can alter your course. 
So starting, like, you know, Desiree, where you are now, starting early, you know, when you're like, oh, I'm wondering maybe I have a problem, get to all the root causes now and start living that life and um, treating vascular disease early, identifying insulin resistance, making sure your sleep is optimized, make sure you exercise the right way, get an APOE genotype, which is a blood test that um, is a genetic marker for Alzheimer's, but also tells you how much fat should be in your, of your total caloric intake. Every possible thing you can learn to optimize your longevity is going to help prevent Alzheimer's. Let's hope she has a good enough doctor and that she has a good enough memory to remember all these tests that she needs to get. <laughs> right. It's a lot because of stuff. That's, uh, and, and by the way, Desiree, thank you for calling, but should you have forgotten what Dr. Collender just said, um, <laughs> feel free feel free to call him tomorrow at 866-COLLENDER, and he'll be glad to take your call and remind you of what tests you need to get. Uh, thank Dr. You Collender, you're welcome. It. Thank you for thank calling. You. Um, you know, I, I just want to clarify something here because I know that we've we've had oral surgeons that have been on the show and they've talked about the fact that Alzheimer's can be identified by bacteria in the mouth that goes into the gums. And if you kill the bacteria, you kill the possibility of Alzheimer's versus what you're saying is that maybe there's a genetic component. How does it weigh out? Is it 50-50? Is there... Well, I... So... Oral health is one of the drivers of disease versus where a oral health expert might go, well, this is the only thing. So I'm look at oral health as one of 125th of the picture, whereas the oral health expert is it's 100%. But so, if there is an actual identifiable bacterium that is the uh, is that the source no of, it's, there isn't it's, well, there is not so no well the answer is yes oral health impacts chronic disease but it's not the only answer it's one of the pieces of the puzzle as opposed to the whole puzzle so you know there's a phrase in medicine especially functional medicine where we go well when all you have a hammer is a hammer everything's a nail mm-hmm. well I have 25 hammers, uh-huh. you know, so if you're an oral health specialist, and again, I'm relying on my oral health specialists to help me when I identify someone with plaque uh-huh. who has risk factors and, and has inflammation markers that are elevated. I do the oral test in my office. I look on my own for the genetic presence of bacteria that is associated with chronic illness, heart disease, stroke, and dementia, and Alzheimer's. So I do that. I don't wait for the dentist to do it. And then I send my patient with the report to their dentist, and I pray that this dentist is on board with the concept, and then I work with that's, them. By the way, that's wishful thinking, but go ahead. I agree with you, but late this week I've had a good week. Other weeks I have to tell patients, you need to find another dentist or at least we need to outsource this part of your dental care because your dentist isn't on board. And I have a a network of dentists that I work with who understand the implications of oral health. And then you go back to your dentist for the general cleaning. But some people need someone that understands the details. Okay, I would leave my dentist. How about that? Right. And I would advise any friend of mine to leave your dentist because if they're not on board with us when they're trained to know and 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 let us know where our risk is, then what do you need them for? 
Well, the problem is coming down to the research concepts of does fixing your oral health milieu, your oral health environment, prevent Alzheimer's and heart disease? And there's not enough data and in, in research and prospective research over time to convince all the dentists in our country that this is an important thing to do. So it's an area of conversation among dentists, but not all of them are convinced. And it's not like they're ignoring it, like our government is ignoring the vaccine people who have questions about it. Um, the dentists are having an actual conversation where right. you can't have a conversation about COVID or mm-hmm. masks on social media because if you're uh, adversarial, your post gets deleted. Yeah, that's <laughs> unfortunate. That's not, you know, they, they talk about there's... Well, this has been a big week right. for viral videos with doctors talking about, you know, whether we should or should not be wearing masks whether we should or should not be pushing vaccinations on on young kids. And instead of having a healthy debate, the videos are being taken down. That's censorship. It is censorship. And who's making... I thought it didn't happen here. uh, Apparently, this is the uh, uh, United uh, Socialist States of America. (laughs) Not the United States of oh, America. Oh, the socialists would put all we're, the we're in the United, there. Welcome the United Socialist uh, States of America, USSA, <laughs> and where you really can't say what you need to say. All right. Well, we'll come back to that on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to a special live medical broadcast. And if you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or if you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, Please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We're fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. We're inviting you to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. So we've been talking about COVID and vaccines and what, I mean, it's amazing how many people are not getting the vaccine, but how is that ultimately going to affect them? I know, I know that I was talking to you earlier and that you said you get the vaccine, you're not going to wind up in the hospital. So that's the bottom line. You know, Amory, I'm really had enough. <laughs> I just had enough. Okay. I can't take it anymore. And really what I cannot take is how stupid our government is. I want to come back and say I am pro-vaccine. I mean, as a... Well, you always were. And that is because in the history of, I'll say, my career as a doctor and as now a expert in prevention, vaccines prevent the diseases that generate inflammation that lead to heart attack, strokes, and chronic illness. 
So, the- so just so that I just want to understand this, because is the COVID vaccine something that is reducing or preventing inflammation? COVID generates inflammation. And okay. if the vaccine is working, then the vaccine should be reducing the inflammation that the disease could be causing. Mm-hmm. And all of the reasons people die from COVID is because they already are a setup for inflammation, like they are a dumpster fire, and COVID is the gasoline that you're throwing into the dumpster fire that is you, listener. Now, again, don't mean to be condescending, but why the government cannot figure out how to talk to people that do not want to get vaccinated is beyond me. This is what I'm frustrated with. Well, I mean, basically, let's let's look for an answer. What ought they to do? What they ought to be doing... They can either make it mandatory or not. No, 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 no. They cannot make it mandatory or not. Nobody wants to be told what to do. People need information. So when data... Let me just say, I don't want to use the word data because applying data to, to an Internet story means it might be accurate. When... A story is goes viral online. When some piece of information goes viral online, the people that don't want to be vaccinated are watching that piece of information. The government should be addressing that is what the people are seeing and explaining, have a conversation about why what they're seeing isn't accurate. The, the real numbers of side effects should be posted. The real numbers of deaths, whether there are any or not, should be posted from the vaccine so people can know what to do. Who's preventing this data from being collected and published? Is that the pharmaceutical companies? You know, I'm someone who works in an office in Metro Detroit, you know, treating people that come in and we're on this radio show. I'm not in D.C., I don't have the context. I don't know. I don't want to accuse anybody of not doing something that they're supposed to be doing because I don't know. Mm -hmm. All I know is that when I watch the news, I'm seeing graphs of cases. Oh, cases are going up and policy is being determined based on cases. And I say, who cares? Mm -hmm. So what if someone gets COVID? All that matters is that you don't die from COVID or that you're not clogging up a hospital bed so other people can't get to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So part of me says, well, if you chose not to get vaccinated, well, that's on you. Whatever mm-hmm. consequence occurs to you as someone who's chosen not to get vaccinated, that's on you. It's not because you couldn't get vaccinated. The story changed from a year ago. Before it was, we can't get a vaccine. We've got to worry about the hospital's ability to take care of us. We've got to make sure that the social system is going to maintain intact because no one wants to be told they can't get health care. Olivia's loving this. So, No, but I I have a question for you because one of the doctors in your practice told me earlier that he was going to some kind of an event downtown Detroit and they were requiring that the the entrance have their card proving that they had been given a vaccination, which is what I predicted a long time ago. 
that, I mean, you know, so therefore it does become a serious matter where you're going to be excluded from certain events or certain places unless you can walk in. It's not with a mask anymore. It's with a little card saying you've been vaccinated. I want to say right now that I don't care about that. Now, I'm not, don't take that to mean that I don't care about vaccine passports or things like that. that that's another conversation. Mm-hmm. The question at hand right now is why isn't the government having a real conversation about what's concerning Americans about why they won't get vaccinated? Why aren't there real concerns being addressed? You know, I don't think the news that I'm seeing is showing a population that is looking for the dynamics or the biology or the chemistry behind the vaccine or the mRNA or the DNA or the AstraZeneca. I don't see that. I see a population that's revolting on TV of the news that I'm seeing. They just don't like being told what to do. And that's a loser attitude. Well, they don't want they don't want to be told what to do because they don't understand their choices. And when you don't understand your choices, the, the fallback position is don't tell me what to do. So they don't, you know, they're hearing mixed information. Okay, I haven't seen anyone yet on any of the news stories that stood up and says, well, you know what, I'd really like to know what the concept, you know, what is the makeup of this vaccine? What's no, no, it? no, but that's not the They want to know the long-term effects. They want to know if people are dying. They want to know the side effect what the percentage of the side effects are, because that's not in the news. The news is chastising people for not getting vaccinated. Look at the rates going up and look at the hospitals in these areas where vaccination rates are low and the hospitalization uh, uh, vacancies are full. So it's, it's, it's very a condescending way of telling people this is what you should be doing so you avoid this in your area. People have real concerns that are not being addressed. And to shuffle people off into a group where you go, well, you're a, you know, you're an election denier and that's why you're in this category. You know, there's a larger percentage of this population that need medical care. Mm-hmm. And they're not being told what they need to hear to get the right kind of medical care. And that's why I'm frustrating, frustrated with the uh, inadequacy of our government. They don't understand what people are missing to get the right kind of care. Because I still believe the vaccine is the right thing to do. Now, God forbid, they're lying. Who's I'm, lying? The government and the pharmaceutical, I'm putting that out there because I don't know. Why aren't they telling us the real death? You know, in the, before COVID, if a drug killed people, it was off the market. If a vaccine killed people, it was off the market. Period. I mean, if three people died, four people died, this thing was gone. It didn't exist. You know, ask Bayer, who put out Baycall for cholesterol, that drug's long gone. Mm -hmm. And other statins are thriving because that drug killed people. It it didn't last a minute. Mm -hmm. So in the real world of of our, what we expect the FDA to protect us, drugs don't kill people. Well, the rumor is out there that this, these, um, 
these vaccines are killing 16,000 people worldwide, whatever the number is. Well, if that's true, address it. Well, I don't say if it's true. If it's not true, address it so that the people can make a choice that's the best for them. So the government is not giving people the recommend, the advice that they need, the information that they need, so they can get what I would consider the right kind of care. They're free to always call their doctor, and as far as I'm concerned, the, the people that I'm saying, know. The wait, doctor I wasn't doesn't done. Know. <laughs> I know, I see what you're saying, but I mean, I'm just saying, what I see on television is a bunch of people that are saying, we're not getting vaccinated because we don't want to be told what to do, not because we don't know what it's the makeup of the vaccine is. Because they don't understand their choices. Okay. When you don't understand your choice, you don't want to be told what to do. All right. Well, it looks like we're going to have to take a quick break and come back to that on the other side of the break. You're listening to a special live broadcast from the studios of Startup Nation in downtown Birmingham. If you have a specific question on the subject we're discussing tonight and you would like to talk to the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat the chronic and debilitating diseases we've come to accept as inevitable. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. And before we come back to our final segment, I'd like to tell the listeners, Dr. Collender also has a Sunday show at 3 p.m. And if you need to reach him directly, call 866-COLLENDER. That's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. And let's come back to our discussion on the vaccines and what the government ought to be doing? Well, here in the United Socialist States of America, ah. the government should be giving people the information that they need about, you know, whether it's, it might be a month behind, it might be two months behind, but they should be telling us the data and the, and the numbers on side effects and deaths. And God forbid there's deaths from this vaccine because ah. it should not be happening. Uh, well, I'm going to come back to that, but we've got a caller, Jeff, from Detroit. Jeff, what is your question? Are you with us, Jeff? Are you on the yeah, line? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you now. Yes. Okay. Hi, there. Um, so the first and foremost is I can't believe I finally heard that on on media that the number of cases has no bearing on anything. Why people seem to matter, like, oh, 14,000 cases here, 10,000. Why does it matter? <clears throat> it's the number of people who have, A, been really affected, like everyone in hospitals, or deaths. That's the only thing that I think that truly matters to anyone. And number two, the my biggest issue, I guess was so many big issues, but the PCR test is being held up as the golden standard when it's been proven, even the creator of it said this should not be used, and it cannot be used this way. They're doing multiplication times of like 40 plus, which means you can take a, <clears throat> a Skittle off the side of a road and prove it has COVID on it. 
I mean, I think this thing is just so ridiculous. And the fact that so many smart people with PhDs and doctorates, like this nice-sounding radio host, have just turned off critical thinking on so many things, and it's alarming how fast, like, the country has rolled over and is now being scared uh, about the, as the people who haven't been vaccinated, vaccinated are now, like, the cause of everything. And, like, it's just splitting up people more and more, and it's just fear. Everyone's so scared about everything, and it's just so it's so, it's so sad that what this has well, done to the country. Welcome to the United Socialist States of America, where fear drives uh, our motivation and the government tells us what to think. So uh, I think you complimented us in there, which I'll take as a <laughs> compliment. Thank you. Um, you know, it's terrible that we are not being given the data that we need to tell people what they need to do. And that's really why I'm frustrated with the news, with our government with, uh, you know, everything about uh, our healthcare system. And again, why the, you know, the face of our government's healthcare industry is someone who lied to us. Um, you know, why, you know, Fauci. Who's that? Oh, Fauci. Fauci. I mean, for crying out loud, this is going back a year, but he blamed the outbreak on a wet market from a bat reservoir when he knew he was funding a COVID research center in Wuhan. I mean, and now he's still on TV as the face of the, of the disease. I mean, who's going to listen to this guy? Are you kidding me? He might Wait be, a minute. Who pays him? Is it the American government that he's, pays him? He's, he's, Who was the one that paid the, China, the, the, the Wuhan uh, research in China? Was it the American government or did it come out of his personal checkbook? He... Pay, he funded the grants as an employee of the government. But the government paid for it. The government is putting him on TV every day as the face of the government's response to COVID when he lied to us. Every, Come on. If you are not willing to get a vaccine and this is the person who's telling you what to do all the time, well, then you're not going to listen. All right, go ahead. I, I love to argue with you about this. But anyway, the, the bottom line is this. The government of the United States of America paid the, uh, we're, the, we're the, in the agreement. in we're, China. We're in agreement. Not, it didn't come the out of government's, pocket. We're agreement here that the government's utter incompetence to, con- and okay. to give the people and, and what they need Fauci? to hear. Who pays Fauci? You and me. No. Who really writes the check? The government. Okay. Biden. Fine. Biden's writing his check. Oh, forget about He's that. signing Fauci it personally. Was here when Trump was here. He's totally, completely incompetent. The it two doesn't of them. matter. Go ahead. We have callers, <laughs> don't we? Callers. We have Michael from Toledo. Hi, there. Michael. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, yes. go quick, please. <laughs> I know. All right, I'll be real quick. Uh, my wife and I both have had COVID and we got over it. And uh, I, I would rather have COVID than uh, a cold. Uh, that's how it went. Um, wow. But the other thing is, is that at first, uh, when uh, Dr. Fauci came out, he said masks won't help. And then next thing you know, he changes. So I totally lost faith in him. But what really bothers me, what really truly bothers me, I have not yet gotten the shot and we're debating it. But I don't understand why the government, why our, our president, why people are pushing for those of us to get the shot. Yet they can come across the border no shots, no thing, and being put into our cities. I don't get it. I don't get how they can ask of us, but yet they're letting thousands upon thousands come across the border. And by the way, right. well, wait, they're, 
right, well, issues. they're protecting talk- they're protecting us from the Canadians. That's okay, really what it's about. We're protected from those Canadians. Let's answer the question about whether or not this patient, this caller, should get the shot. Well, I'm in favor of vaccines, and the reason is, if you've been vaccinated, you're less likely to have a problem with the Delta virus. Um, passive immunity from prior exposure to COVID does not protect you from uh, from the Delta now. And if I don't understand masks at all either. If you've had, uh, we had another caller. Next show, it'll be the same topic. Right, exactly. <laughs> all right. We have Dennis from Sterling Heights who's on the line. Dennis, what is your question? Question is, if somebody has had COVID and um, they get an antibody test, um, the FDA antibody test, should they have the vaccine for the COVID? Well, you just I, I'll, you picked up. Thanks for calling because that's exactly where we just left off last thought. So across the country, if you've had the vaccine, you're not ending up in the hospital with Delta. So that's why whether you've had COVID or not, you should probably still get vaccinated because prior exposure to COVID is not protecting you from the Delta uh, variant. So I still recommend getting the vaccine for those reasons. The, the, the epidemiology is proving out. Now, for, in the same thought, if you've been vaccinated, you shouldn't need a mask. This whole concept, I don't want to wear a mask. I've been vaccinated. I'm not going to give it to anybody except someone who hasn't been vaccinated. And that was their choice not to get vaccinated. And it's the government's fault that they didn't convince those people appropriately. They didn't address their concerns so they they would get vaccinated. There should be no mandates of any kind across this country. You do whatever you want to do. It's up to the government to give you the information you need to make the decision, period. If they can't do that, it's their fail. You should not be held back. Masks are back on, you know. I mean, we're being told No, they're told not everywhere. to me. Well, not to you, but that's different. I'm not wearing a mask. I mean, You're a doctor. Well, I'm supposed to. The CDC says I'm supposed to. But according to them, the world's going to end every other day. Well, that's... It ended two weeks ago. Did you notice? <laughs> No, we didn't notice, but what oh. I know is the well, show Dr. Dr. Walensky the said show. the world ended last how, week, how so goodbye. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're out of time, so I'd like to quickly thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune in to our shows Sunday at 3, Thursday at 7, for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Good night and be well.